0: All right, guys, what is going on today? We are here with an interview with Milt Levy. He is a client at Friendship and just passing one year with us. He has been an incredible energy giver to the community, somebody who is always smiling when you see him in the gym, working his butt off. Uh, his story I just thought was really cool, and he's been a very engaging personality uh, for, for me as a coach, for the other coaches who all wanted to highlight him. And uh, for my brother, even who he likes to work out with sometimes. So very, very cool. Uh, he's accomplished so much. I think he's put about 120 pounds on his back squat. Uh, he's put on over 20 pounds of muscle since joining, which you'll hear him talk about that kind of being his goal. Uh, and honestly, it requires a great amount of you know, change in your life to put on weight. I know everyone's in our society today is always talking about uh, losing weight and you know trying to maintain muscle and lose weight, but gaining good weight where you don't necessarily add a lot of fat while you're doing it. So a true weight gain where you're just muscle is very very challenging. Requires good diet discipline as well as hard training, smart training, and uh, I just think the sky's the limit for Milt and everyone who has a chance to work out with them. I think is. Uh, always very pleased. So if you guys don't know Milt, now you'll learn a little bit more about him. I hope you guys like the new interview format that I am playing with. I've got a couple more fun guests coming up with, uh, and I'm trying to play around with you know times of day, ages, lifestyles, just get a bunch of variety as much as I can, hear different people's stories. And I think that you guys will enjoy this conversation. We had a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset, so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. No, <laughs> we are here with Milt Levy, and uh, he is joining us for our uh, our new podcast series and. Hope you guys enjoy this. Milt, why don't we start with how you kind of heard about friendship, how you became a part of the friendship community, and how long you've been a part of the friendship. Okay. So um my
1: journey to friendship starts with shouting somebody out. So as many people at Friendship know him as is Romanian Dre. Um mm-hmm. Andres and I used to work work together personally, and um he had told me for a while, I was like, Hey, we should you should join friendship, you should join friendship, you should join friendship. And I was like yeah 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 I should um and but at the time I wasn't really like working out that much I was just kind of being lazy personally um and so finally basically I got a new job about a year ago a year and a half ago and after the new job I was like you know I'm gonna start working out so I started doing I'm the type of person where it's like you know I try to do what I can until like I I need you know more resources more help whatever so I kind of Went from the couch to just working out solo for about eight months, just in my apartment complex, trying to get back in the routine, um, feel comfortable again, being in the gym, being, you know, healthy, exercising, so on and so forth. And then eventually it kind of got to a point where I was like, you know, like I was just getting bored. I was getting bored of my workouts. Um, I was like starting to plateau a little bit. I felt like it got to a point where um, what I could do alone was starting to hit its hit its ceiling and i understood the there was like inherent bias in my workouts both from a knowledge standpoint and from like the comfort standpoint and so i was like you know like i'm starting i don't want to like i want i need to learn some of these movements and some of these lifts that i had never done before because i didn't want to get hurt but also i was like i know if unless somebody kind of helps me and trains me i'm probably not going to do it myself and so i was like you know now's the time to like reach out and so i reached out to, to, to the gym um and you know that's kind of the rest of history it, it i was looking to kind of lean on the the knowledge and the the skills and the coaching of everyone at friendship and you know get to a point where i could just focus on working out not having to yeah. like kind of derive the the workouts myself you know kind of leaning on just the programming of what you like honestly what what you're what you offer jeff and the the, just the, the different diverse types of workouts we do and It was awesome. So that was kind of what I was looking for. And that's really what, what got me to friendship was, you know, being able to just focus on, you know, one, taking my workouts and my, my, who I am and the exercising component of my life to the next level, but also not having to like work on, like learn it myself, kind of just. Consult with you. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: I think it's a really good point. I mean, I think it's super uh, impressive that you were even able to recognize that, like, you just had uh, some biases in your training. I mean, it's something that I work really hard to try as much as I can to get as much feedback in my workouts because, like, we all have natural biases with programming. Like, I certainly do, and everybody does. Um, and recognizing that stuff is super hard, like recognizing your blind spots for me, like, making sure we don't have blind spots for you guys as athletes, but also. Um, you know, recognizing like, going too far down like one specific bias path. Uh, so I think that that's, that's awesome that you were able to recognize that in your own training. I'm interested. What was like, what did you love to do? Was it like all, it was just all biceps all day. That was that <laughs> yeah. <that>? It's yeah. <laughs> it's as much as I don't love to say it, it's the classic, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: not hitting leg day very often in a lot of yeah, upper body. Yeah, you know,
0: you know, you got to go through that though. I think what's funny, you know, when, Right when I was, like, really starting to train, I was right around, like, your age, like, 24, 25. And and I was doing that stuff. And I just, I never, like, looked, like, body-wise what I was striving for, what I wanted. And I I was working my ass. I probably was, like, working out harder than I do now and getting just, like, no results. And my missing component was doing the legs, really, in reality, like, doing the big compound stuff. So doing the squats, doing the lunges, doing the deads. Um, and that increases your, your just total muscle mass. And it it makes sense now. Um, but at the time it's really hard. You're like, I I don't understand. Like I am doing all of these, all of this ab work and bicep work. And they're like, I just don't look any better. I don't know. I don't get it. So,
1: um, and then it gets to a point where it's like, you start to become like drastically unproportional and like, so your upper body like plateaus and then your lower body's just scrawny. And then you're like, All right, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and
0: I didn't notice it too. Like when I would go and play sports, like I wouldn't have maybe the same, like, uh, I wouldn't be able to like assert things, you know, the way I want to assert like like a physical position maybe as well as I would want to. Um, and at the time I was doing some like fighting sports, and I just none of nothing I was doing was carrying over to that at all. I was still just getting manhandled by the people I was training with. So, so Romanian Dre, I think, is notorious for being uh, one of the most, uh, maybe aggressive, uh, pursuers of getting friendship people in. And I see you guys now. I love when I get the opportunity to see you two kind of, uh, interact in the facility. So, you get, do you guys not work together anymore? And now, like, the gym is your connection to each other? Yeah. That's
1: when and Dre and I pretty much catch up on life is at the gym. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't work together anymore. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, like that's, that's the kind of stuff for me that that I love seeing just because I feel like you guys have a good relationship and a good rapport. Um, and, you know, he, he is such like a, just an aspirational figure for me, but also just around the facility generally. I mean, somebody who is so high on life, positive, Uh, it loves to connect people. And I think that's a big part of why he really encourages people to join the gym is he knows it's like, yeah, listen, you're going to get a great workout. It's a great workout, but you're going to, you're going to meet all these awesome people. And that's going to be the thing that that's really cool. So, um, that's a, that's an awesome connection, uh, to have for sure. Um, and I thought you guys were connected. I thought this all started from like a soccer thing. Am I wrong on that? Are you not a soccer player?
1: So it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm a soccer player. So okay. it was kind of soccer. So to make a long story short, he... I used to work somewhere where he did as well, but he left shortly after I joined. Mm. And then there was a collection of people that worked with me that also knew Dre. And so like, we met up to watch soccer at like a brewery once. Oh, okay. And that's where I met Andreas. And then okay. basically from that point on, then we ended up working together elsewhere
0: Gotcha. And then
1: it okay. was like, we kind of became friends and then started working together. And then when we worked together is when he told me about friendship, because he would show up to work with like massive things of yogurt. He was eating out of the yogurt thing. <laughs> and I was like, Andres, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, I got to get that. I got to get my protein. <laughs> hey, so, He's in
0: training. He's in training yeah. all day. Um, exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, now, who's your team? When you guys, I feel like if you're going to somewhere to watch soccer, do you have, are you like a premier league guy?
1: Yeah, I like the Premier League. Um, it's weird because, like, since I grew up playing the game, I don't have like a like an emotional affiliation to a team. But so I just like watching every game, pretty much. But I would say yeah. like the team that's you know, it's people are gonna roll their eyes when I say this, but the team that's always kind of stuck out to me was Liverpool, just because the okay. way they play. I feel like yeah. they truly play as a team. Um, they have they have some stars, but it's a lot of just like the ball moves like crazy. Um, yeah. They attack you from different ways, different angles. And I just like the way they play. So Liverpool's kind of the team that I'd say I cheer for. And yeah. that's a racist team too. So him and I can relate on that. love that nice. as well.
0: So, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I love that. That's awesome. Now, yeah. I think we we maybe covered it a little bit, you know, just in terms of like getting some variety, some coaching and stuff in your training. But did you have anything like really specific that like you, were, you knew that you wanted to work on and develop when you joined Friendship?
1: Yeah, so this is an interesting question because I remember when I joined, I had really vague goals. Um, and so some of the first one was like, you know, coming from like, you know, the software engineering background of like in that, that industry, it's very heavily based on learning. And so one of the big things I wanted to do, I, I see it in who I am, is like I wanted to just learn those compound lifts and like the fundamentals of like weightlifting that I had never done before. And so like that was like just a, a personal goal, not so much from like a like a body comp perspective, but more just like a understanding how to to lift in like a safe manner and like understanding those compound um, movements. So that was kind of one of the first ones that stuck out. Um, Another one that I remember at the time was I naturally wanted to just put on some weight, some healthy weight. Um, I was a little scrawny. I I'd always played soccer. You know, I never really, I mean, I'd been working out prior for like eight months, but like it wasn't anything drastic. And so I wanted to put on some, some weight and just like, you know, some build some strength and power. Um, so that was, that was another one. And then last but not least, I would say was just getting comfortable with, you know, the regiment and just like, you know, the CrossFit space and stuff was new to me. So like getting comfortable with that and like the whole, so the idea of like working out in a social manner and like, cause like there are a lot of benefits to working out socially, but if you're not used to it, it's going to take some adjustments. So right. that was, that was one of them too. It's just like, getting acclimated and feeling comfortable in that, in that space.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's unique in that way for a lot of different people, even, even athletes, even like you, you, I mean, you, you know, you've played around a team in a team sport and coaching, but it's unique because you sort of have your own individual practice, more similar to like learning how to play the piano in a group setting, right. Where yeah. um, it's like, you have your own practice of, of being newer maybe to the lifts and having to drink in the coaching and learn everything all while doing that in front of a group in front of people as well. So um, it it definitely can be, you know, a leap or a challenge for people. Um, But like you said, I think over time, what you start to realize is, um, you know, nobody's actually paying much attention to me or my practice, right? Um, They really are just as here as a benefit. Like if you can learn to look at the people more as a benefit, um, as opposed to the possible negatives, which really aren't there. Uh, I yeah. think that's always that, and that just takes a little bit of time. So, uh, shout out to Scrawny guys. Uh, how, what, <laughs> what, when, what weight did you graduate high school at? Do you know?
1: Ooh, I probably graduated high school probably like 155, 160. Yeah. And then I remember my first in body um, last, just about a year ago, I my first right. in body, I was at weighing in about 179. And now I've I'm got at it somewhere.
0: I've got. I, I went to uh, have this saved on my desktop, but yeah. um, now I've got to uh, now I've got to pull them up because they're pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah now we're I I'm about wrong. you one day on the coach's chat. Yeah. So I think now I'm about two hundred. So it's been a it's been a journey, but <laughs> sorry, I was trying to see. Oh, there it is. Hold on, uh, I found it. There it was. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay 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 there we go alright uh, yeah one uh, I, I I don't think it's as far left as it can go but I've got you at like 178 on your first mm-hmm. one yep and now okay. your last one I have in August have you done one since then Um, I think I did one
1: a couple weeks ago okay so really about, did you I get over 200 I think I might have been I think I was like one or something. I was
0: going to say, because the most recent one I have is 198.5. Yeah. So let's run through this real quick. All right. So yeah, you were February or no, sorry. Yeah. January of January of no, it was saying? December, sorry, of 21. And then February of 22 were like your first two. So Mm -hmm. you went from 179 with 88 pounds of muscle mass to 198 with 97 pounds of muscle mass, your body fat percentage has basically stayed the same mm-hmm. the whole time. It's just super impressive. I mean, that's really, really impressive in terms of like just growth and development within within a year. And yep. the cool part is, you know, at you know, where you're at now, especially like specifically for your age, for that trajectory, like you're really still just getting started. I think that's the exciting part for us as coaches. And 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 watching you and watching your growth and development is like, I mean, you've still got a runway ahead of you. If you want yeah. to keep gaining, if you want to be at a two twenty guy, like that certainly can be something you can be. Um, and then watching where that takes your weights and stuff, like where you're like, do you know have a rough idea, like where your squats and stuff are at now? Yeah. So
1: my squat, I, I'm well, if we're doing like one rep, my squats about three. I think the, the last squats, like I finished at three fifteen. Yeah. um i deadlifted my my pr for deadlifted that was this was a couple months ago it was like it's like 340 yeah um so just I mean it's like we said earlier a year ago i wasn't doing i was
0: <laughs> saying any lower buy, you're still so. under your first year which is really really impressive yeah um, and
1: then um i'm just trying to think benches. I think i'm at like 230 um so the, those are the first three that come to mind um yeah but yeah just the, the goal for the first year was, yeah, we just to put on some weight and try to get stronger and just build kind of that frame rather than yeah. just being kind of bone. Yeah. And I feel a lot better. So I'm happy about that.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I was, I was similar when I started. I probably was like 165 maybe when I started and then I had jumped to 205 doing just some like real basic, like mostly nice. just like, push ups and some beginner weightlifting stuff and I cut back down to like a one seventy two, one seventy three. That's like my first ever like uh like like picture of like a workout type type picture that I have mm-hmm. in the garage. And then I got deep into like powerlifting stuff uh for a while right when I was kind of coming out of the army. Um, And that was then I was the exact same age. I was 25. And that was when I really hit that big trajectory, put a ton of weight on. So, Um, and I'm trying to think, I don't think my, my, my muscle mass and weight gain was not as rapid as yours has been, nor were my weights anywhere close to you. I think to hit 315 took me, you know, multiple, multiple years of, of training. So. Um so that's awesome. There's nothing like having the uh, six wheels of cheese on the bar which, you know, <laughs> yeah. out through some squats. So
1: Yeah. Um, the, uh, it's kind of funny though. The one that speaking of that, the one thing that was funny was when I uh when I did do three fifteen, I didn't even put uh there weren't three forty
0: fives on there. It was a twenty one. Uh, that's something. my rule. <laughs> you have to do that. No, <laughs> No, like that's like rule number one. When you do 225, when you do 315 yeah. and when you do 405, those are like your landmarks as a guy on any of those things. You got to strip the bar down and you got to put them on. You got to let yeah. everyone know it's it's Cadillac time. I call them the Cadillacs. Got to put the Cadillacs on. Um, So that's like the rule of thumb. Well, it's okay. I, now, you know, for 405, which I'm sure is coming for you in 2023. <laughs> uh, that's that now you know those them's the rules you got to make sure yes. um, be the so whoever was lifting with you that is just an atrocious <laughs> misallegation on their part they should have <laughs> never let you do that yep. so and sometimes you have to dirty load the bar which sucks because then you have to really strip it down um, yeah but yeah that's like uh, people who have been around for a long time we used to like really have those hard and fast rules we'd like shut the studio down like everybody stop. We're looking over to rig spot number one. Milt's going for 315. We're the strip the bar. Let's get it cleaned <laughs> up, get the wheels of cheese on there, start the video. Um, so that's awesome, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been exciting to watch and I, I look forward to seeing you kind of continue to pursue on those strength things, you know, and, and now you've started to do a little bit more thrive, right? Like it's been a newish thing for you. Um, yeah. so tell me about a little bit, like what's kind of prompted some of that.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's a great segue. So, I would say, you know, one of the things I've noticed within the last year was like, I developed a lot of power and strength, but like, now it's like, how do I take that and do it in more of like a functional manner and like, feel like I can use that, that strength and like more of the, just the day to day and being able to do more of like just the traditional CrossFit stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was strong and I had the power, but like the muscle endurance wasn't quite there when I would get heavy. And I was I. I was building; it was it was feeling good, but once I hit that fatigue point, felt like my muscles have just kind of been just letting go, and like I couldn't I just couldn't go anymore. It was kind of a drop off. So I noticed it was the muscle endurance thing, and just wanting to be have the also the aerobic side just improve that. So that's kind of led me over to the Thrive space and just trying to lean out a little bit. um keep keep some of that mass, keep some of that strength, but also yeah, just be able to have to be able to sustain it for longer periods of time rather than right. you know just dropping off when you get tired. So that's kind of a big thing um for me. And then also yeah. just you know having people like, you know, shout out to Brad Claussen for just like, you know, yeah. reaching out, being like, hey, like you want to hit Thrive on Saturday? I'm like, sure, let's do it. Like the partner workouts over the summer. Those are always a blast just from the social component. And just like, right. you know, Finding ways to just get over there when it's not nas- naturally your uh, your yeah. comfort space, you know. Well, you just...
0: Brad Brad's a build bro. I mean, he, yeah. he's a guy who really, really prefers build space. So I think that's like a it's a it's a nice combination. You guys pair very well together. I feel like too, yeah. both very strong, great movers, really capable, um, you know, social, like you said, like just there to have a good time. I feel like so, always positive and supportive of each other. So I think that's a huge component when you do start coming over. And that, that's the nice part with build is I think, do you think build's easier to build relationships because you have the downtime between lifts and some of that stuff too. Um, yeah. So I think that that's you know a big key to success when you do start coming over sometimes to thrive is like, that's an easy way to, to come over Is Hey, we're just going to do the partner workouts together. I know there's like another couple of people in the gym that's like, we'll do build most days, but if there's a partner workout and we can come over and meet each other, like we'll do that um, just to For sure. check in on our cardio. And it's not wrong. Like a lot of people don't talk about it inside of the CrossFit space, but um, it is, you know, pretty, or at least it was for a long time, really, really true to still stick to a bodybuilding split in terms of body mass and body fat percentage. So, like you would actually have people do CrossFit stuff and they would actually go through bulks and then cuts and bulks and cuts. So, they'd have times where they just did weightlifting, they increased the calories a little bit, they focused on prioritizing muscle mass, they didn't do a lot of cardio. And then, you know, then they would switch gears, like as the open or as a, a season approach, they would switch gears, clean up the eating a little bit, start doing a little bit more conditioning, and maybe go from like a 16, I think your last one was like 14% or 15%, go down to like 11 or 12, and then get back on the bulking cycle, right? So you might go from 198 to like 194, 199 to 193, and you cut some fat and then, but you maintain your muscle and then you bulk again. You just kind of stay on that phase a little bit. Um, that's a pretty good way to take it to It's nice because it gives you some goals within the goals and you can kinda uh have some stuff to shoot for from like the diet, nutrition. It changes up your training a little bit too, so it doesn't get stale.
1: Definitely. And I, I think one of the things that I, it's funny you say that because I think one of the things I noticed too was like when in build I was able to get used to kind of lifting pretty heavy. And then like when you go over to the CrossFit space, some of the, the work a lot of the workouts are prescribed weights. You can just go and like it feels naturally a little lighter because you're used to just lifting heavier and you just kind of can move it. And then like the aerobic side, maybe that's like, that's not my strength. I can, you know, put a little emphasis on that and like focus on that and not get as tired from just like moving some of the weight stuff. So, um, no, I've, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's strategy. It's, there's the strengths and weaknesses that come out and it's like, it's, how can you, um, how can you optimize, you know, the well-oiled machine or at least what you think and find a way to like, Perform is what I like. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And, you know, every day, I mean, I think sometimes my, my favorite ones, and even after, you know, 15 years of doing it, are the ones where you just look at it and you're just like, man, that did not look that bad on paper. Like, I, right. I did not think that that was going to railroad me as bad as it did. <laughs> every now yeah, and again, sometimes good. you just get taken to the tool shed. You know, it's the, oh, great, yeah. the great, uh, humbler. You know, it's, that's Definitely. one of the things I do love about thriving. Um, you know, across. So, you obviously, I can do that and build. Like, if you did the, Low lunge, uh, ISO hold into split squat day this week, like humbling. Um, oh yeah, it doesn't hit the same as like a real simple like echo bike and sled day or something. So
1: yeah, um, I um I remember one of the build days. Yeah, we went the programming we did sleds followed by like I think tempo back squats, and <laughs> I saw I saw I was walking out to the sleds and I saw Eric and Eric looks at me. He goes, "Mill, I want there to be like." Four or five forty-fives in that sled, and I was like, "All right." And I—I th- I was with like two other people. I can't remember at the time. And I remember, I thought Eric meant like starting, so we started there, and it was like <laughs> down and back for for. Uh, we had to do it four times, and then it was like jumping um, kettlebell like squats yeah, or something in between. And I remember I, I I couldn't even like walk back to the squat rack after, and it was like so brutal. And that was one of the humbling, like one of those humbling build days where you're just like, you know, you're in a dark place. You got to get through it, but you don't forget what it was like. That was so. my
0: coaching feedback. I get all these text messages from the coaches. They're like, Hey, can you stop programming like stuff we have to do after you put build class on sleds? Like, pretty much everyone was coming back today just like worthless like absolutely zero motivation to like get back under the squat bar and do back squats yeah uh, that was my feedback that whole day that's the only reason I remember that day I don't know if I've programmed sleds before like a legit compound like lift uh sense that day because it affects so many people yeah it was so, like i i was
1: I was i remember after the sleds I was like literally on my back just like How am I going to walk over to the rig to squat? Like, I I don't really know. And it just, it wiped me. It wiped the whole class. And,
0: but I mean, it was, it was a good workout. (laughs) Yeah. It's my favorite thing to say when I take build is, uh, what is this, Thrive class? When I get real, like, (laughs) real out of breath. It's like, this is bullshit. Uh, (laughs) Program this shit. I'm (laughs) breathing super hard. This sucks.
1: Um, So,
0: yeah. Sometimes it happens. You know, it's not bad. Um, well, tell me, like, what else have you, you know, changed, like, it, in terms of like supporting that? Obviously, with the success that you've had um, on, like, in body scan and strength development stuff, I assume that you eat pretty well. Like, tell me a little bit about, has that changed since you've joined Friendship, or is that something you just naturally have been doing?
1: Yeah. So that was, uh, it's funny you say that because that was kind of one of the other selling points that I really liked about Friendship was just getting the the whole, the whole shebang with like the nutrition component with coach Andy and then obviously the programming as well. Um, you, you know, it's funny because in the beginning of like, you know, everyone goes through that period in their life where they're like starting to work out, they're starting to exercise and they think like all of their success is based off that hour they're in the gym or hour working out. But it's like, it's so many more other things other than that. Majority of it is just, you know, diet, sleep, recovery, all those other things. And so, um, since since I joined friendship, it, it opened my eyes to just the whole idea of it, like it being a lifestyle or life lifestyle rather than it being um solely just like working out and lifting weights and like exercising. So that for sure my life has definitely changed. I eat a lot better now. Um I pay attention to what I eat. Um I'm constantly looking at the clock, seeing like, okay, when do I need to eat again? Um, paying attention just to my water intake. Um, but no, yeah, for sure my my nutrition has definitely changed, and it's it wasn't always like that. I I, I used to honestly have a mindset of like, oh, I can't eat because like I'm afraid of putting on bad weight. But then yeah. I realized like that's counterintuitive and counterproductive. So, um, I would say you know definitely my life has changed, and I, I eat a lot better. My nutrition. I mean, I work at home, so it helps a lot yeah. too. I have kind of food at my fingertips, and so. Yeah, I can probably- um, I think that's definitely um, played into, you know, the success I've had in the last year, of just eating the right things and making sure I'm giving my body what it needs. <laughs> yeah. Do you cook a lot? Um, I wish I cooked more. Um, I cook, I'd probably say of the like f- weekdays, I probably eat cook like three to four days a week. And then I usually get like, you know, Chipotle one day because I can just like, Go to town on a big bowl. We can especially. shout out
0: Chipotle all day. We can try <laughs> yeah. to get him. We want to try to get them to sponsor this podcast. Is what we need yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Chipotle. <laughs> shout yeah, out to exactly. <laughs> but
1: no. So I, uh, I, I'll shout out on that. Like usually like a th- Wednesday or Thursday when I'm like coming home from the gym because I work out at night. So I'm like, you know, I just don't want to cook tonight or whatever I made in bulk from Sunday ran out on Wednesday. So I'm like, all right, I'll yeah. swing through Chipotle and get that on Thursday. So, and then Fridays it's like. It depends on because I'm going to usually I do like the Saturday morning thrive. So um, that's Friday nights are like, OK, what can I eat to fuel that and also recover from the Friday night workout? So um, yeah. that's kind of there's strategy to that as well. But no, to answer your original question, yeah, my my diet's definitely gotten better. Um, it could use some improving,
0: but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, the, the, that stuff ebbs and flows. I mean, even, um, you know, as you, as you kind of join your journey, like the first year is kind of one of those like figuring out what works for you, what you like, what you don't like, you know, and what's been going well. And then, you know, I think the big thing then is just like, hey, where can I, where can I find some like 1% improvements? Like, what, what are some small little things that I could just develop? This could be a little better. I could add a little bit to this. Um, you know, and that for me was like when I was, uh, when I was single before I started dating Maria, it was, I was big on, (laughs) I used to just like take a turkey packet, like the one of those big, like one pound turkey packets and literally like flip it over and just like pour like a half bottle of hot sauce on it like (laughs) every night. Um, (laughs) and so, um, so for me at that time, it was all about putting on size, right? So it was like, I was just trying to, everything was just protein centric. Um, And, you know, then as I, as I started to mature, you start looking at that and you're just like, okay, like I I put on my size now, but like, I'm obviously pretty like bad on carbs. Right. And so like, then I started to do a whole diet deep dive into research and how I can add carbs. And then that meal has over time transitioned to like, now we do like a sweet potatoes and beef or sweet potatoes and Turkey kind of mixture, um, like minimal, minimal sauce. Uh, we put like, Put some onions in it, you can put some different stuff, like some avocado. I used to put a lot of avocado in there. Um and like slowly over time, that's just slowly added some things. Maria's yeah. got a taste profile that's different, so that adds in a little bit. Um, but I, I mean that was like when I was first like cooking, <laughs> yeah. just take the take the turkey thing, turn it over, plop it down in the pan. And then just, like, let the one whole half of it cook and then flip it over the other <laughs> yeah. it It's, like, gross thinking about it now. It's, uh, that's it's, great. But I loved it. Oh, and then I would put, like, a half pound of cheese on it, too. Uh, just, like, shredded cheese. With the hot sauce. So, um, yeah. Well, you're you're way ahead of that. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, I love it. So tell me a little bit. We shouted out Brad Clawson, right? We shouted yeah. out uh, Andreas. Tell me a little bit more just about, like, um, you know, I think we've all got you know people in the gym who have been integral to just you know our, our training, making us even if it's just like saying hello, making us feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> you know, what do you feel like? Uh, you know, from like a community perspective, has been impacted for you?
1: No, definitely. I think um, from a community perspective, that was <clears throat> one of the biggest things that looking like it's funny you when we were talking about Romanian Dre earlier about how it's just like the social component and like, the community is to me, it's, it's even, it can, you could argue it's, it's lar- it has a larger impact than like some of the working out parts because it's just like, it's a, something that so many people strive for in life just to meet friends, meet people, meet people, like learn about other people's backgrounds that like, like for me, I, I work remote. So it's really hard. So like, honestly, the friendship community has filled a massive void in my life that, existed because i you know i i used to be at home working home then leave my apartment work out in my apartment come back eat, and that was my life yeah um and so now it's kind of it's this way it's it allows for me to one log off work because i have to get to a workout at there's a certain time regimen and also i can get there see familiar faces meet people um you know help lead people help understand other people's journeys where they're trying to go push them they push me and just that social component has been awesome. So that was, that's, you know, I, I go to the 645 workouts, sometimes 530. And so like, there's also kind of a camaraderie to that. Cause it's like, we're the last group of the day. Um, yeah. We're all like, it's a late night. Most people are like, you know, it's a long day of work. We can relate in that level um, We're sometimes some people are stressed. Some people are there just so they can sleep at night. Some yeah. people are there because, you know, they missed the morning workout and they couldn't get there. And it's just, it's a, there's a camaraderie component to that. So I just, I think it's awesome. And it reminds me growing up playing athletics and having like a team and being with, you know, people, you know, and you're on the same journey with and like trying to strive for your, your common goals is like kind of what I can relate to with being in the gym. It's just like, we're all there. You know, there's some, we all have common ground to some degree because like, we're willing to like be uncomfortable and get used to that and like wanting to improve having that growth mindset. Um, and so that's that common, that common core of what across all the people in the gym is what is what makes it fun to me of just like, you know, we're all different, but
0: similar. Well, and I think too, like you said, it's funny the you know, the 515 uh, AM crew is always like super consistent. And, you know, obviously they have their, it's impressive in their own way. Cause they're waking up at, you know, 430 to get to the gym. Some people even earlier than that. Cause we have a couple of people at that class that drive like 40 minutes to get to the gym. That's incredible. Um, but I think a lot of them would be like, man, I think the six forty five is more impressive. It's like, hell, you have a I, if after my workday, like six forty five, like I am on the couch. Like there's no <laughs> way that I'm getting up. So <laughs> It's funny, you know, the one that sticks out to me. Um, you know, I try as much as I can to be like in or around the facility or have Maria around the facility so that we keep our hands in as many you know uh, class times and just I, I like to feel the vibe of the facility. I like to be be around as many people as I can. Um, six forty five is the one that's really tough for me a lot of times and i coached uh one day shelby was gone and just happened to be like a max back squad day i don't know if you remember that day
1: i think um, i do remember that yeah. yeah
0: and i came in and i got to got to coach that evening crew and shelby is always talking you guys up she's like it is my favorite class i look forward to it so much like um the people are amazing like it's just my it's just my crew it's my vibe it's everything is great uh, shelby's so a big like, okay, fan. shelby calm down calm down i get it like the <laughs> class is great like we're going to have fun and um it was like the end of uh one of the squat cycles. It wasn't hatched. it was probably the one before that five through one, maybe. And yeah. um and I ended up just like happening to cover for her that night. And dude, we had so much fun. Like everybody like just crazy pr across the board, yeah. yourself included. Um, and it was like I, I literally texted Shelby afterwards, I was like, That's maybe one of the the most fun I've had coaching a class in quite a long time. So uh, so I totally feel that for sure. That's a really fun people.
1: Yeah. It's, um, there's, there's definitely, yeah, there's an energy to it. And it's like, part of it too, is it's like, it's crazy. Cause it's like, we kind of close down the gym. So everyone's like wrapping up, we're closing it down, yeah. bringing the fans in hitting the lights and all heading home together. And it's just like, yeah.
0: it's, it's just an interesting, there's a
1: camaraderie component that's really fun. So. Well, it's I'm crazy
0: in the winter too. I mean, it's like dark, dark, Oh like, yeah, I mean it is nighttime when you leave and you're closing up the gym and in the winter time. Like I don't think people have a uh sometimes people don't have a huge appreciation for what that's like. It it's a it's a weird feeling sometimes. Uh um, oh, yeah. in the summer I think it's a beautiful time to work out. It's awesome. You get that sunset and it's such a great time to be there. Um, especially if you kinda of have the facility or the build space a little bit to yourself on like a Friday night. Um right. But sometimes in winter, man, I feel like it's it's tough. It takes mental fortitude. It's very challenging to be there. Like you're a lot of times you're driving in probably when it's dark. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's a, it's a whole different component to it. Oh, yeah. It's funny you say that because it's like you notice it because it's like, you know,
1: it's kind of on repeat. You know, you leave the house at the same time. You're driving to the gym at the same time. And so like in the summer, you're getting out and it's, it's not even the sun's not even setting yet. And then today it's like, or yesterday you drive in and it's like it's dusk and it's getting the sun's barely out and you're yeah. just pulling up to the gym and then you leave and it's it's pitch dark and it's just yeah. there's a different component to it but it's you know you the the energy is the same and i that's one thing i do appreciate is like you know people i i can tell the the people really look forward to showing up and we have fun together so so it matters
0: yeah for sure um so now we've kind of been doing it for you know a decent amount of time like you said one of your big goals is learning learning about the compound lifts learning about everything yeah. um you know what do you feel like now like what are your what are your favorite things to work on you know what do you what are your, what's the stuff that you really like look forward to the most that you enjoy
1: Yeah so i mean obviously yeah like you said the, the compound lifts are what i really enjoy cuz they're just effective they're efficient and your, your weaknesses show and that's a, that's a good thing. Some people don't think it's a good thing, but I think it's a good thing. It's, 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 I like when it's clear what you need to work on because it's like, there you go. Like that's the next thing to d- tackle. You know, for, for me, for example, I think back to like, um, like hand cleans. I have a, I have an issue with hitting that pocket. And so I lack, you know, power cleans. I can kind of dodge it a little bit because I just, you know, push through my legs and like, you know, I can kind of get by. Hand cleans is harder. You know, I'm not hitting that pocket, and I feel it, and I I plateau. And so, like that kind of stuff is what I, I enjoy. Um, Along with that, I like, and this is more of a style of working out, but I'm a big fan of when you you bring in the competitive nature into the workout. So when we have days where it's like, all right, we're keeping count of who who had the highest vert like this this day who's who was able to. Um, You know, broad jump the farthest who was able to row 100 meters the fastest you know that kind of stuff is is fun because not only are we all competing but everyone gets behind each other when it's your you know you're starting to get to a point where it's like all right someone someone's trying to jump over you know this pvc pipe and people are falling out because they're just it's getting higher and higher and then everyone's cheering each other on and that's those are the workouts that I enjoy is like the competitive ones. And that's why I'm looking forward to going to thrive more is because I know that's a component too, of just competing and, but in a healthy way. Um, so those are some of my favorite things. Um, and then of recent, I've been enjoying a lot of like the pull work, probably just pull ups and stuff. Cause I'm trying to get stronger in that area as I've, as I've put on weight and I'm getting heavier. Um, those don't get easier. (laughs) And so, um, it's, it's fun to work on those and tackle those and, you know, know that there's gains to be made, but you know, when you work on them, you see those results and you can, you know, um, fill that gap a little quicker when you're, you're working on things. So I would say, you know, a lot of, those are the types of things it's vague. i kind of jumped around, but those are kind of the, some of the things I like to work on. Um, that come to mind right now.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. It's good feedback. I mean, I think the, um, you know, the, the pull-ups as you get heavier, certainly do get more challenging, but the cool part is, is that the the relative versus absolute strength, right. Is every time that you're doing pull-ups like that's a a huge component as you get heavier, your, your, you know, absolute strength lifts. So your deadlifts do things that you're applying to an external load. Um, you're, you're getting a lot better at those. You're ascending the weight in those every time that do those pull-ups at the higher body weight. So it's kind of a cool added component, even though it's more challenging, it turns into more of a true resistance training exercise. Um, You know, as opposed to if you stay in that kind of 160 zone and you just crank out a bunch of pull-ups, you know, you sort of get to a point where there's some diminishing returns there, but like with you, it's like every week or every month, you're getting a linear progression on the weight, just like you would for like a squat. Like we add 10 more pounds add 15 more pounds a cycle, you're doing that naturally to your own frame with every rep that you're doing for pull-ups So you're naturally you know gaining absolute strength. So um so yeah, it's kind of kind of fun. And I think the cool part about um, you know, being being in that big Nastics crew, which you're not quite there yet. I don't consider you big Nastics until you're over six foot. And I need at least like two ten, right? Two oh five, you could have an argument, I would think, but what's again, the um, what is the big Nastics? I'm not too familiar. So big nastics, the goal of, of true big nastics is to be above that. So above six foot or six one and above like 210. I might need to like hone in on specifics here. I, I'll, okay. I'll dial this in as time goes on. <laughs> um, but have prettier or better looking, like cleaner gymnastics than like smaller people. Right. And so like that's okay. the goal. And because you're so much bigger. And you like just take up more space and naturally people would think that you're gangly or more awkward or like, you're not going to be able to look like clean and tight on things. Yeah, um, If you can really like have that virtuosity and movement, then that's like, that's what I consider to be big nastics is like, listen, it, you shouldn't be have this beautiful handstand position. Like Andy's got really great positions for a bigger dude on, on the bars. Or like if you watch his handstand stuff. Um, right. So, he's a great example of somebody where, like, when you watch him, it's like, okay, that's what I'm talking about because he's, you know, 220 and he's able to still do pull ups like perfectly tight and beautiful like that. Like, that's, that shows virtuosity in that movement. That shows a lot of, a lot of added strength. It's like, takes strength to another level. Um, right. To be able to have that control and do the movement um, while you're maintaining that body position. So, that's always kind of what I look like uh, or what I look for um, as you start to get bigger like you said that gets harder and harder and harder to do so it takes more and more and more strength to continue to be able to to do that so um so i think it's always a good goal it's always something i think really important to keep in the back of your head like everyone gets caught up in in those big numbers but it's always like yeah i want to be able to squat 405 but in the back of my head i always want to make sure i can do like 10 pull-ups in a row or eight pull-ups in a row or five pull-ups in a row um definitely kind of because otherwise, you just kind of lose sight of of where you're at with your your relative strength. um So, kind of two different things. Um, Definitely, yeah, that's awesome. I love the competitive days too. I mean, I try to throw that stuff in, and my goal with it, as much as I can, it's always challenging to find. But like, I always try to find stuff where it's like, if you're good at this, you might not be good at that, right? Where if it's like a vertical a vertical day or something, or a broad jump day, like. Maybe we'll try to have something a little bit different, where it's like a skier or or you know a sandbag thing or something like that. Where maybe it's like it's not always like your thing, and so sometimes I think that stuff's challenging to find. But I love it if I can do it because I want to have different people sometimes on those leaderboards. So that was like the field day we did recently. Where it was, like, yeah, there, like, that was comes to things. mind. Yeah, yeah, just try to get a couple different components. So it's like you get the med ball throw, you get the skier, you get the broad job. so It should technically be. Different people may be better at each of those things. So, no, that's, yeah, that's, that was a fun day. I remember that because it's like, like you said, it was like, it,
1: if you're not great at one of them, you can definitely be great at another because it's like they just, you cover so
0: much ground in those three different routines. And it was, yeah.
1: um, it was a fun day. I know a lot of the people enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: so, good, good. Well, and I always appreciate, I mean, you always bring great energy on those days. It's fun to have people who look forward to that stuff. And like yeah. you said, that, that root on, the cheering on, that look forward to other people. Yeah. Uh, doing well, also. um So I always appreciate that. That's one of my favorite. That's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on. Is I always feel like your energy is always so positive. So um, I appreciate It's so like a huge testament to uh, you know what you've given to the community and what you give every day when you show up to class in the community, but also just um you know something to make sure that like always keep like keep that in your in your training mentality. I think it's one of the most. I've had a lot of different training partners and obviously I've seen thousands and thousands of people come through the gym. If I had uh, people like, I actually got re- asked recently uh, by a friend on, um, for like a, a newsletter thing I was doing for him. What, like if you had to boil down success to one thing and I was like, people who come in with a positive mindset when they train, So yeah. it all comes down to nothing, literally nothing else matters. Uh, everything else right. can be trained with time and consistency. And the only way that you get time and consistency is if you show up with a good positive attitude consistently. Yeah. Um, absolutely so, so yeah. Uh let's go let's shift over. Let's do some fun stuff here. So we're gonna change gears a little bit. Um okay. I'm guessing See these it. are probably some of the questions that you thought about. So um hopefully these would be um, some recurring questions. So um I'm gonna start out of order, uh, but I think I'm okay. gonna start on an easy one here. What's your favorite okay. dessert? What's your go-to? What are we cheat mealing with tonight?
1: So ooh, so these are it's funny, you had, you expected me to 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 look at kind of these questions, but I honestly, these are the ones where I was like I'm not going to put a lot of into them. So okay. we're going to, it's just going to be me on the fly. Um, okay, good. <laughs> my favorite dessert. Um, so I would say if anything, I'm more of a bakery guy, not like okay. a, a super like can like candy or sweets or anything like that. I like bakery. So if I was going to go for a dessert, something that sticks out to me is like, maybe like a warm brownie with like some ice cream on top or something. Okay. Yep. That yep. sounds good. Getting a little late like that that hot and cold mixture, you know, the, yeah. um, the The ice cream melts on top, you know. And That's you a just-
0: George Binnick special. My dad loves that. That's like my dad's go-to. You get you get like a brownie or like a. My mom makes these like uh, they're almost like cast iron like cookie chocolate chip cookies baked in let into like a cast iron uh thing. Yeah, you, you just pops some ice cream right down on top of that. Yeah. That makes my dad's like he just goes into heaven, man. That's awesome. Shout out um, to George. That's a great yeah that's a great right <laughs> I love it what um do you do you have somewhere that like you like to go like a bakery you like around here?
1: um, ooh, a bakery around here, not really um he's I'm to usually... start hitting you
0: up with fox in the snow. He's gonna start telling you yeah. fox, in snows, fox in the snow is fox in the snow. I like fox fox is good, um, but for that
1: kind of stuff, it's weird, like I'm more of like a sponge like I'm not gonna go out of my way probably to get a dessert. Yeah. It's right. more of like in the moment, like yep. if I see something in that like clear casing somewhere and I'm just like need to have it. I'm yep. just like, yeah, I'm going to get it.
0: But um, this is what we said the other day with uh Halloween. So I go over to my, uh, my brother's house. My nephew's got just candy as far as the, eye can see. Yeah. And he's got three musketeers and he's got like, um, you know, Reese's cups and, uh, yeah, he's got everything. Right. But like, those are some of my favorite candy bars. um, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at it and I just like, it just wasn't appealing to me. I had like one or two and I was just like, okay, like I don't even want any. And I was like, but if you get me checking out at like Lowe's or Home Depot and like I'm popping over to get something for the yeah. gym, you better believe I'm getting like two King size, three Musketeers and two King size Reese's cups. It's like, <laughs> there's something about when you get into the car and you taste those ones. Specifically. Oh, yeah. They are so much better. I don't know. It's like, something about the spontaneity of it, I guess yeah it's um i know
1: there's for sure they i think i've talked about that like the marketing behind it of like you're in the line you're waiting you're like i just want to check out and then you look over and there's like that crisp package of a reese's and two reese's cups in there and you're like i'm gonna snag them throw it on the conveyor
0: because i'm buying it real good right it's got peanut butter (laughs) and it's totally healthy um (laughs) So that's, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I I totally agree. I think sometimes just that spontaneity of like, uh, I'm big on that with cookies pretty much. Like if you have, if you offer a chocolate chip cookie for sale as a like business, I'm in, right. I'm going to get it. Uh, I'll support you on it. I'm going to judge you harshly. Um, but like, I'm in, you know, I'll always order it. So I've always been stunned by that. Like how, like, even if I was like a Cameron Mitchell restaurant, I'm still putting, chocolate chip cookies on there. And I'm yeah. just like, I, I feel like it's like a huge margin business. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but they just never, never seem to put them on. They're really disappointing.
1: Because um, you think about it, right? It's like, if you're at like a Cam- Cameron Mitchell restaurant, like someone's going to be like, Oh, they have a chocolate chip cookie. That has to be good. Has and to And <laughs> right? you're for sure going to order. It's not that big. You know, you're right. even if you're full, you're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to for sure still get this. I can
0: finish it. And well, then- you can make all the cookie dough and just pop it mm-hmm. in a jar. I mean, it's not like hard, right? right? Yeah. I think so. I think it's like people are missing out on that for sure. I mean, it's like it's easy money. That's that's mm-hmm. the, you know coming out of Jeff Bennett's pocket every time. So, <laughs> and, and I can't be alone. There's got to be other cookie monsters where it's like, listen, we oh, yeah, have yeah. this, this triple Dolce cake that you can get. We've got you know key lime pie, we got all this stuff. It's like all, all those fancy craps. Like, just give me a really good like chocolate chip cookie. That's all I right. need right now. Um, Is there,
1: um, what question for you, is there someone in your life or someone in your life growing up that just like made a stellar
0: cookie? I mean, my mom is, is like a pretty, like seriously legit, um, cook. So she makes these like, uh, like chocolate chip cookie brownies kind of like she makes a chocolate chip cookie in a brownie pan basically. Um, and then like cuts them up so they aren't cut like a chocolate chip cookie, but they are a chocolate chip cookie, like just in a brownie form. Um, those are like some of my absolute favorites. Like I love that. Um, she makes a, a lemon blueberry bread with like a, so it's Ooh. almost like a blueberry cupcake with like a icing on top. Um, that's probably my favorite thing. She usually makes that for me only on my birthday, um, but it's just like soft and buttery. Um, that sounds kind of, good. Yeah. Those are probably like my two, my two favorite things um, she makes. She's like really famous around Christmas time for her frosted sugar cookies. Um, that's probably my dad's favorite of hers. Um, but yeah, my mom, I mean, she's totally, she's like, you know, she's just, she's, so. she's, I, I get, I feel, I feel like I get my a little bit of my perfection aside from both of my parents, but like, um uh, but she's like one of those people, she's such a people pleaser. Like, so whenever she's cooking, like she just wants it to be great um, for everybody. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I would definitely say like, I get, I get everything that like, I enjoy from a like, perspective, like it's just right down her alley. Outside of Oreos, she doesn't like Oreos. And the reason that I love Oreos is because she would buy them for me as a kid, specifically because they were the only thing that did not tempt her. Um, and so it'll be like me with Stevie with ice cream. Like, I don't really like ice cream that much. And so yeah. all I gotta do, I'll just Maria and Stevie, they can have all the ice cream they want. I'm not tempted by it at all. I'll never have any. Um, so I feel like that's sort of where my mom would with Oreos. And then it's I like mean, reverse, like that'll copy. be more. Yeah, exactly. And I've eaten (laughs) probably more Oreos than anybody on the planet. Like, it probably isn't close either. Um, So, and that was just in the first like 18 or 25 years of my life. So, Um, well, you can just uh, crush a pack of Oreos. I ate a package of double stuffed Oreos every single day for like 15 years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's impressive. That's like going to be a world record. Yeah. Um, I still like when (laughs) when Maria and I were dating. I would go back and forth between EL fudges and, and uh and double stuff Oreos. But when we were dating it's the, like the first time she watched me like down a package of Oreos, and I I literally and a, a package of Oreos off the top of my head is something like forty two hundred calories roughly. Um and I would eat it in like maybe six to seven minutes. Um wow. and she, she was just like, What the fuck just happened? <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, like I used to do this every single day, like forever. Yeah. Um and like kudos to my mom who my mom will definitely listen to this podcast and kudos to her for like going to the grocery so often to like keep us stocked and reloaded on Oreos, um, knowing (laughs) that I was going to come home from school that day and just house like 60 of them. Um, I mean, it's like, it's, it's astounding. I just, there's just zero chance that I would ever have the patience. I would be like, listen, you're not getting more fucking Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) Were well, you just crushed thing. in a gallon of milk too? Oh yeah, yeah. Just whole yeah. For me, I think growing up we were like we were a skim milk family growing up, and then I transitioned to whole milk when I when I uh, went in the army. Yeah, so that's always uh, the go to if I'm gonna like really. Rhea and I sort of have some like rules around cheating. Uh, we don't do it as much anymore, but we used to just like the rules like once a week um, you go to the grocery and we would just go. You go hungry and it's just like this. We're just gonna get whatever whatever we want. Right. And so it's, um, you know, grab Oreos, grab chocolate chip cookies. Um, you know, she would grab weird stuff sometimes. Like sometimes we grab like a big thing of uh, goldfish, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and then the rule was you have that night to eat at the end of the night, it all hits the trash. And like, we were like the George Costanza, where you like, you pour like wet coffee grounds on top of it. So there's no chance that you can go back afterwards. Um, that was kind of our rule to make sure that, like, it was just like a one night only, or like a you know, just a couple hours and be bad the next morning. That's out. clever. Yeah, so like it worked pretty well to limit it, right? You don't want to just mm-hmm. linger on that stuff. Like, I'm really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's stuff in the house, you know, I'm I don't I'm mean, I, I'm more of a systems than a self control guy. I guess if that makes oh, okay. sense. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I like that. All right, our next one here: Um, one movie for the rest of your life. What are you choosing? Oh my. Uh one. Now, this was a really good question. I had to really think about this for myself too.
1: Yeah. This one's tough. Um wow. Uh I don't know why it comes to mind and maybe this is just like this is why this is the answer, but I think of my my brain went to Step Brothers. Nice. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be
0: a popular one. We have some people who really like love Step Brothers who listen to the yeah. podcast. So
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it in a long time, but that movie just sticks out and it's a classic and I feel like every time I do watch it, I just like
0: it's it's just still funny. So yeah. Step I brothers is one that probably I'm gonna go with. What about okay. you? Man, I don't know. So I thought about this a bunch. Um, I have a really hard time between like entertaining, funny, and like great movie. Um mm-hmm. And so I guess I tried to go off of like what I watch on like TV every time it's on. Um, And I, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm stuck between like Rocky four. Okay. Like wedding crashers and like, uh, just a pure entertainment movie. Like, um, like the rock or something like that. Like I love the movie, the rock, um, so I don't know. Some somewhere along those lines, Interstellar. Like I love Interstellar, but I don't yeah. think I would want to watch that. For the, I don't know. Um, and then like I kind of think that way, maybe a little bit about Rocky Four. Um, but yeah, somewhere in that range, I gotta think about that one more. I think it's tough. It's a tough. It's question. tough. It's tough because your brain goes to like, okay, like
1: I can only watch this movie, and it's like I'm not a huge like re-watch movies over and over type person. Like when I see them yeah. I'm like, all right, like. Onto the next one. I want to see something I haven't watched. So, like, it's a tough question because you you kind of are going against your philosophies a little bit, at least personally. Yeah.
0: So... But <laughs> I feel like when I was... So, when I was at the tomb, we had to shine... You know, we sh- shine shoes. You work on your uniform for an absolutely yeah. asinine amount of time, right? Like, it is, is a freakish yeah. amount of time to develop to that. And so the only real thing you can do, like, I used to listen to a lot of, I would buy comedy CDs and I would listen to like old school, like George Carlin and Seinfeld and uh, Richard Pryor and all these people on CD. Um, but, uh, the other thing I did was, uh, at that time, bootlegging movies was huge. Um, mm-hmm. and in, in the army, like you could get everything bootlegged. And so, I mean, it's, it's like weird to say, but like I, you're really hard pressed to like find movies I haven't seen. Oh, um, really? And so like, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's almost like a weird thing. Like I, I've seen a, a freakishly large amount of movies. So like, and I try now as much as I can, like if there's a movie that's like somewhat famous that I haven't seen. Um, like we just, I was saying the other day, we watched the adjustment Bureau. and Bobby's was like, you hadn't seen that. And it's like, it freaks him out when I haven't seen a movie. <laughs> um, so I feel like sometimes I'm sort of like in the opposite. Like, I feel like I've seen so many movies that like, I'm now I'm just back to rewatching the ones that I really like. Um, but Maria is that same way, where she hasn't seen like literally anything. And mm. one of my favorite things, or the things that I'm honestly looking forward to being a parent most for, is like showing Stevie like some of my favorite movies yeah. for the very first time. Like, I just think that's such a cool experience. That is
1: because so, like you can kind of relive those a little bit. Um, yeah. Because you're like, I was going to ask you like, what, are there any? Are there a few movies that like you think back to like your time at
0: the tomb, and it's like those are the ones that like just stick out for like yeah. nostalgia. Well, wedding crashers for sure. So wedding crashers okay. came out while I was at, while I was in, stationed in Washington, DC and that movie's set in Washington, DC. Okay. Um, and so like, that was, um I mean, that was a movie like we saw, I saw in theaters and then when it came out, it was on like HBO or something, whatever we had at the, um at the Tim. And so we like, we just, played it and watched it all the time. Um And so that's like kind of a nostalgic movie for me, like for that time. And right. it's a very like idyllic, like um Washington DC in the beginning of spring is gorgeous. Like it's such a beautiful place. And oh, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of like live energy. So it's a fun place to be fun city to be in And that movie. I feel like captures it pretty well. Um, it captures the energy of, of that pretty well. Um And then I heard people disparaging the movie the other day, which I was like, Oh man, I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard a critique of wedding crashers before. <laughs> Um, they were like, Yeah, the first half of that movie is great, the second half sucks. And I was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. And that now I feel long. like I've got to go back and watch it again because I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. I mean, I get what they're saying when it gets like all serious. Um yeah. but I don't know. You can just fast forward through that part. <laughs> so no, that's a tough question. I'm gonna I'll work to answer this. So I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask everybody who comes on these questions. So yeah. um as I hone in on it more, that could be a recurring theme. Um All right. Favorite vacation destination. And then um, where do you want to go that you've been?
1: Okay. So favorite vacation destination that I've been would probably have to be Maui. Um, Nice. I went to in between jobs. I went to I went to Maui on a trip and it was it was actually was kind of funny. It was in the middle of the pandemic. So it was like nobody was really there. Um, and we went and it was like probably a small window of like opportunity of like when you could go and it felt like Hawaii would have been what Hawaii really is. Just like yeah. not many people there, very mellow, relaxed, just a true like beach experience. And then it's obviously just gorgeous. Weather's incredible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's Maui is probably my favorite destination vacation wise that I've ever been to. And then where do I want to go? Ooh. Um this is an interesting one because I feel like there's so many, but right now I'm gonna start. I'll just focus on like from a domestic perspective because I don't really know like globally. There's just there's so many spots that come to mind, but um, domestically I still want to. One area of the U.S. I haven't been is the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, so I want to go out to like Seattle, um, Oregon, Washington, even like, north Northwestern Canada. Yeah, I know that's yeah. not.
0: Yeah, Vancouver. Yeah.
1: yeah. But like that, that whole area is just somewhere I've never been. Because I, I love being outdoors and like the nature component of it is just awesome. So yeah, that's somewhere that comes to mind of where I want to go next. That's more of like a realistic trip in the yeah. in the short term. I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure like one of the best trips, and I'm sure that you could find like information on this, um, is you can uh fly to like Vancouver and rent a car and then do like a, a drive basically right along the Pacific and the cliffs. And like they have places that you can stop um, and you just make your way down to like um, Oregon and just go all the way down through. Um, and like, I've, I've heard just a ton of people say like Vancouver in like that early, late spring, early summer and yeah. that whole Pacific Northwest area is just awesome. I've been to like the furthest North I've been is like, Northern California, I haven't been up to okay. uh, like Oregon or Washington area, but um, but everyone who I've ever been in that area that I know is, is gorgeous so
1: um, yeah I um I want to go bad. I recently about a couple of weeks ago, um, I was in Maine and I when I was there I was like, okay, like the combination of like the trees and the water and stuff like reminds me of like what I would anticipate the Pacific yeah. Northwest being because obviously geographies are really similar outside of like the mountains. And then it just made me be, like, feel like I just need to go at some point.
0: So yeah, that's where I love Maine. Go. They're obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, Maine's awesome. Were you, like, were you like Acadia National Park? Is that that area?
1: Yeah, I was in Acadia. Um, nice. That was where I spent a few days. And then we also spent some a few buddies in mine. Um, and I spent some time in uh, Portland. So that's yeah. like a small little... It's like the big city up there, but it's pretty small. And it's just mellow. And
0: we had a blast, but Maine's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What are your love favorite it. spots and where do you want to go? Um, favorite spots, probably beachy. I loved Aruba. Um, we went, okay. um, two years ago now, I don't even remember COVID stuff kind of messed that up. I feel like it was yes. right before COVID. Uh, but Aruba is amazing. It's like, so there's, it's almost hard to explain. Like I, I have the weather thing app on my phone. I just left Aruba on there and like the on <laughs> joke is it's 85 and sunny every day, like every yeah. day, the entire year, no matter what. Um, they never get hurricanes ever. Um, That's and, awesome. and it's, you know, at the time Southwest flew direct from Columbus, it's just like wow. an easy trip down there. Um, and it's a small Island. And so you can get around everywhere they have. It's a, um, it's Dutch. And so like they have a pretty decent, like Dutch culture. And so like the, the Dutch Royal Navy was there when we were there. And so that was kind of cool. Like uh, a bunch of the like spouses and a bunch of, you know, people, you know, from the Netherlands was ba- were basically just hanging out. That's so sweet. It that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, was- and it's just, I mean, beautiful beaches. Every beach on the entire island is a public beach. So even the beaches that are like, that would be private, that are resort beaches are actually public. And then like the only thing that's actually private is like the, you can't sit in like the resort chairs. But there's nothing that's blocked off to the public. Um, and that's like one of their rules as like a government. So that's kind of nice because a it lot of is. times you'll go to places and like the best beachfront property is like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a private resort that's like a thousand five hundred dollars a night. It's like, and you can't enter. Uh right. so I like the fact that like it's and because of that, it's a little bit more like communal and um, but so it's just a cool island, man. Um, fun stuff to do and uh, there's a couple like crazy caves, and the whole west side of the island's is like a desert. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool. I liked that. Um, we were trying to go again this year. I was trying to bring my whole family down, and then the flights now are just a total train wreck. And so, like, yeah. we, we had its flight schedule that was direct, and then they changed it, and then all of a sudden, it's three layovers, 12 hour travel day. I was like, listen, we're gonna have <laughs> like a seven month old. I'm not doing that. So yeah, that's brutal. Um, so we ended up canceling that. Um, so I liked Aruba a lot. Um, in terms of places I want to go, I also like Seaside, Florida. Seaside, Florida is like one of my absolute top favorite places of vacation destinations to recommend to people. Um, places to go, I'd love to go to New Zealand. Uh, okay. That's where uh, Grant is, like, uh, so my business partner, like, he he loves it there. Um, and that's a flight. Who I've ever heard, yeah, <laughs> have said that they've gone. Yeah, that's a serious place. So like, that's one of those like all time trips. You know, where like yeah. when you go, like you got to like two or three weeks there, probably. Definitely. Just get it all in, right? Because you're probably never going to go back. Um, So that would be like a huge one for me. And then Hawaii, I've never been. Um, So yeah, it's cool that like you said that. So um, yeah, Hawaii would be really, really, really high on my list. Um, And then I think those are probably the main two. I would love to do like kind of a history nerd, right? And I did a lot of like Greek and Roman history. And I love like the philosophers and I love you know, ancient Greece and Sparta that was always my favorite thing to like study. So I would love to do like a Mediterranean, like I've, I've never been on a cruise before, but just do a Mediterranean thing where like you were able to go to kind of all of those places. Um, that would be sweet. At once. So I think that would be, that would be really cool too. Did the, um, did the army give you a lot of opportunities to travel? Like I'm <laughs> I'm,
1: I think it's you not saw really, a lot, but maybe not. yeah,
0: no, not really. Um, no, I was, I was pretty secluded, um, just in terms of my travel stuff in the military. Um, no, I, I, you know, that I know that that's sort of a a thing that you know a lot of people get to get to have in the military. Uh, probably more like Navy and Air Force. Probably not as much Army. Like most of the guys that I went, um, you know, through like basic airborne school, a lot of them went on to you know either Ranger school or to. Selection and became Green Brace. They were just all pretty much stationed in Fort Bragg the whole time and then deployed over to our oh, yeah. Afghanistan. So, um, not a lot of like other travel. And then, unfortunately, most of the army bases, they do have one in Hawaii. So, like, that's kind of the dream to get stationed. But, yeah. Like, for the most part, like, they're not in the sexiest areas of the country. Right. So, it's like you're going to like, you know, Kansas or like, you know, like Fort Hood, Texas. Like, they're just, they're just like not advantageously stationed where you know like the navy i like think's got a huge one in like san diego and they yeah. got one in hawaii and they've got like they've got some more exotic places that you can get stationed um the army really you know especially if you're infantry you're like you're not getting stationed <laughs> somewhere awesome like you're probably going to korea or like north new york state um yeah. and so yeah that's uh that was not not something i was granted from them unfortunately um, although one of my good friends, I should say my roommate, um, got stationed in Germany and, uh, he literally showed up on like the day his unit got back from Afghanistan from like a really long deployment, like one of the 15 months deployments. Okay. And they just gave him like free reign. And so for the next like three months, he basically just took a train like throughout Europe, like just doing that. That's incredible. Mind. And so I say that and then, you know, he got sort of that opportunity. and. Um, yeah. yeah, he was very well traveled. He went literally everywhere you could go in Europe. Um, so oh yeah, three months sure. you can cover some ground. Oh yeah, for sure. There, yeah. I mean, everything's like a one day train, uh, yeah. train trip. So, um, but yeah, I did Europe. Um, so I did, I did Europe pretty heavy. I'd love to do like I did not do like, uh, UK or like any you know Scotland's mm. anything like that. I think that'd be fun. Scotland, Ireland, uh, do something like that. I'm not big on like I don't like cities. Like I don't like big cities very much. Yeah. So, like, London's not appealing to me, but, like, I would love to go to, like, some random-ass city in, like, Britain that has, like, some, like, soccer team and just go to, like, a local game and just, like, drink at yeah. a pub and just, like, have sort of some of those experiences. Like, that, to me, is what's really fun. I like the off-the-beaten-path stuff. Um, So, I don't love, like like in New York City to me like it's I enjoy Broadway I enjoy doing some stuff like that but to me like that's not like what a vacation is um I like having really unique experiences so like I love trying to go to places that like are really local off the beaten path and have, do something that's kind of fun and unique that's kind of what's appealing to me
1: definitely like more of those authentic and like organic experiences on a trip to like really get the the true side of wherever you're at i um yeah. nobody that makes complete sense it's funny you say that cuz i actually Um, When I was an undergrad, I studied abroad and I was in London for a month and the trip was awesome. But like after a while, like when you're in a city like London, I mean, I think the stat is like only 25% of the people are local, like 75% are like transients or move there or whatever. So like after a while, like it, it kind of just didn't feel like you were in England very much. It was like, we're just like, there's just a bunch of travelers and stuff. So when we went yeah. up to Scotland, we took a train up to Edinburgh, that that was one of the highlights of the trip because it was like it felt like there was more of a culture and more of like an experience there of what the UK is really like. And um so no, I completely get that. I've spent I haven't spent a lot of time at all really in uh in like mainland Europe. I've only spent time in like um the UK. But so Europe's yeah, and what you're I'm saying about England.
0: London's the same way DC is, is like it's just like nobody really, for the most part, is like, Oh, I'm from Washington, D.C. <laughs> like they're from like Maryland or like yeah. Virginia. Um, they're from outside because it's something like, you know, 2 million people commute to D.C. every day, but nobody actually like really lives there. Um, and so then if you're like out at bars in D.C., which was like we were stationed basically like in D.C. Um, mm-hmm. and so if you go out, you go out in D.C. as a soldier, um, it's just such a weird vibe. It's like, there's nobody's, there's no families. There's no, nobody's, nobody has like pride or is from there. There's no culture. Like you said, it's just weird. And it's a weird feeling. Um, Everyone's on vacation almost. Yeah. (laughs) But but like, almost like everyone's just like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, everyone's got this, like, like nobody, nobody says hello to you on the street. Like nobody cares about like what's going on. It's just like a, there's nobody's bought into the community, I guess you would say. So like, you know, if you were to like fall off a curb or something, and hurt yourself, like nobody would like come over and rush over and help you and like, take you to their house and take care of you. Like they'd just be like, look at you and just walk, keep walking. Like, it's just like, it's best, yeah, it's just a weird, bizarre, like place to go. And, that uh, for a that is, that's really um, weird. Um, all right. What, um, all right, let's see what do we do. We did that. We did that. We did that. Um, all right. Best TV show of all time. Ooh, so I'm not a big t v show person um
1: but oof, one that I really enjoy that always makes me laugh is Seinfeld, yeah, um Seinfeld you're young for Seinfeld, people. I love that for you, <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld is one where the humor's impeccable um the it's clever you don't what I like about it is you don't really have to watch every episode for, like yeah is you. yeah. funny. It's a good show. It's, well, I would say Seinfeld is probably up there as one of my favorites. Um, yeah, that's, that's you? a perfect answer. Yeah, that's, that's the perfect <laughs> answer. Yeah, so, oh,
0: I mean Seinfeld. Yeah, so, oh, is, I mean, Seinfeld is, is oh, okay. best oh, the best TV show of all yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's not yeah, not, it's too not too close, not close to me. Close I, would to like I would say like second there. we were there actually having this conversation. I really, liked really liked. I think. Uh, okay. uh, newsroom. Newsroom. Uh, Silicon uh, Valley. Silicon Valley. Okay. And uh, uh, Westway. West like three of my favorite yeah, like shows. shows. Yeah, I've started the Wire, Silicon Wire. Wire's really good. Wire's really good.
1: Um, But I never finished it. But the the few episodes I did see, I thought were were, were good. I liked it. Yeah.
0: You are you're, you're, you're a tech guy, you're you have to, go through, you have to go through all of through and
1: watch through watch all of them. Yeah, that's what I everyone tells me that and it's funny because the, the beginning is like it, it got me hooked, but it's like I do I, I'm the type of person where I'll start a show and like I'm motivated and I'll like crank out a few apps and then it's like once the week gets ahead of me or something happens and I don't allocate the time or whatnot, and then I just I'm like, Oh, I forgot what happened. I don't wanna invest in like starting again and then Yep. It's a continuous yeah, nice, thing, but I just nice, need to. The nice it part out. about that show is like you can.
0: I think you can finish, the, you entire can finish the entire series. And probably, and probably like. A week. a week, like it's not. Like so okay. it's not. The episodes, the are, episodes like, are not like, long. They're not long. Um, um, so it's not a huge so it's not time. A huge it's not like game, game, it's not it's like game of Thrones. Of Thrones it's like 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 to be six, gonna six take months. months. You start, from you scratch, start from scratch, and you have like, to follow like, have every character. Um, um, but there's some stuff. There's some stuff in season two and three. Two and three. That are the best comedy you'll ever see. I'll have to watch it. All right. All right. Last one. Last this, one. Is this is your recommendation. For the recommendation for the i, I, give I, $200 I give you two hundred dollars. Or take whatever. Or take three hundred dollars. And you have Ooh, to spend have all, to on, spend one all meal. on one meal. Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you getting? What are you getting? Ooh, wow. This one I saw
1: and I was like, this is tough because. So I'm not a big like fine dining person, and that the the quantity of money that you're you're shelling out is is, is significant. Um. So hey, here,
0: you can get, you can get, I get you take, can take out, like things with extra, with extra meat?
1: Yeah, cause I was going to say what my, the, my thoughts came to, okay, I'm just going to like cash out and just get a ton of food and take some home. But what I'd probably do is, um, the place that, mean maybe it's cause it's my taste buds right now, but, um, there's, I don't know if you have, you had a uh, harvest pizzeria. Yeah. I think there's yeah. one in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, I've been craving pizza, and I think like I would just get like I mean, practically speaking, it'd probably be like just get a ton of Chipotle and just stash it away and just like be set for like for a while. But I think like also just getting a ton of Harvest and their pizza is just amazing, and just like just have like a party or something, or like be like, all right, everybody meet up. We're getting a bunch of food. We're getting a bunch of pizzas, and we're just gonna like it's gonna be a cheat day. So that's probably what I pizza can get me every time. Um, I love it. I love it. That's probably what I would do, something like that, but yeah. Is
0: Harvest, um, is Harvest pizza your favorite in pizza in town?
1: So, it depends what I'm going for. So, Harvest, I would say, I will, it's my favorite if I'm going for something a little lighter, and like, feels a little fresh to me, more fresh. Um, fresher. <laughs> I would say, if I want something that's like, just really bad, but like, just for you, but greasy and good, I'm going for, have you ever had Hound Dogs? I haven't I haven't so there's hound dogs is it's in Clintonville over um over by me that's where I live, but for the viewers <laughs> but um hound dogs they make like it's all wood-fired pizza, I, I believe, yeah. and it's just yeah. like thick, gooey, like they do like a garlic crust um with just like it's, their foods just their pizzas are amazing, but they're probably ungodly terrible for you. But um, I'm check this out, I check this out yeah, you should give Hound Dogs a try. But um, I love it. yeah, I love those it. are the two pizza joints that I really like. Yeah. What those about are you? This
0: good. Really good. Really good. And Man. Uh, uh, all right, I, th- all right, think, I, I think I'm. Think I'm... I, think I'm probably, I think I'm probably. I mean, I have I mean, to get a, to get somewhere. a somewhere. Okay. So. so uh, my favorite steakhouse, My favorite like steakhouse, I like the like, original like the Hyde, original Park, Hyde Park, in Park in Henderson. It's got like a, uh, it's got, like it's got a, kind of a cool a kind of vibe to it. It's like it. kind of it's old, like, kind old classic. Classic. Um, they have like they have like live music, live music with like, with uh, like uh, you'll get like some older get, people, like, there, like, people there like dancing. They they been doing since like seventies, kind of cool. like that. I like that. I guess if I could guess, I could go anywhere. Um. There's a play, there's a playhouse there's a steakhouse in, Tampa in Tampa called Burns. Called Burns. And, and my dad like, made dad, like, the point made to bring, the point me, there to bring time, me there one time, uh, bring our, uh, bring our there family time there one time we were in Tampa. Tampa. And, and it's, like it's, a, it's like one of the it's coolest, experiences, of the coolest like, experiences, like, diamond diamond experiences, experiences that you can that have. have. They're a steakhouse. steakhouse. Uh, <laughs> people like uh, people fly, like, there, fly to there to clear to course, business deals. It's the largest private winery I think in the world. And it's sort of undesirable, but they have their own. This is that after, you're, that done after eating, you're done eating they take you out of the restaurant you and the restaurant to, to the private dessert this room, room and they have and these they private sound rooms that you can sit that in that can and then, then and they serve the you dessert, dessert there. there. Uh, so it's just uh, a really so really a one, of a one of a kind experience kind, to dine, dine, in. dine in. in. Um, um and that was I think probably like the like the coolest place. I like I like Like I like steaks for the most part, like most good steakhouses are gonna make a pretty much the same. Like they're all pretty good. Yeah, um, so so, then for so me, that's the me, intangible. Like, intangible is, like, is like, can you have kind of a vibe. vibe? I love live I love music, live music. I love I love authenticity. authenticity, you know, that you kind of know, stuff. That kind of um, stuff. Yeah. All. So,
1: do you? That place sounds fascinating. I'm, I have to ask, how did your dad find it?
0: I think through some business dealing, like, I think he was a part of closing closing some 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 business deal or something down in Tampa. Tampa. okay. And, um, and, you know, he he had been taken there there. and was like, like, it was like a bucket bucket list thing for him to bring us there.
1: That's cool because it sounds like one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know, kind of thing, but like, yeah. you're yeah. never just going to stumble across that.
0: <laughs> like, someone's yeah, right. Gonna show. Yeah, and right. the funniest the part funniest is when, part you, pull is when you pull up, up, on, up on, on the on outside, the like, outside like, like, it looks like it a shithole. Like, a like shit it doesn't, it's not, there's no like pomp and circumstance around it. It's just like plain white stucco building. There's nothing cool about it. That's even better. They take you on a wine tour. They take you on a full tour, tour, they they whole tour of, the of the kitchen. So, so will this will blow your is mind. This is the crazy, about crazy part about this. Everybody, Everybody who, works who works at this restaurant, at this restaurant has, to, has live to live on and work on, work on, on, on the farm that supplies all of the food to the restaurant for two years before they're eligible. Really. So, the, so waiters the waiters who work there, who work there make, like, make 200 like 200 grand a year, a year, and they work there, and there, for, they like work 40 there for like 45 years. years.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the, the, the average 10-year would be long, because like yeah. you're putting in yeah. that investment of living on a farm for two years. Well, it's like a whole well, scene. Like after scheme. that, then, after you have that to go, then you, you have, have to, go, to and go and you have to work in
0: every individual like, station in the kitchen. And then and you have to, to, and to and work out. So, so, like, and so, like, they, they, they take you through this, like, system. Uh, and so, like, when you're so, like, there, when, you're when you there, sit down to eat, they sit down, they ask you for the drink order, and then you get up right away and they take you on the full tour of the entire facility. So, they take you down through the wine tour. You see this gigantic wine cellar. You see these bottles of wine like $50,000. Um, and so it's like not so, so it's like you do so you you the kitchen, kitchen, you see the whole, the whole process. process. Everything's, everything's fresh, from everything's their from everything the farm, from their farm. So like they control so like the they control the entire production. production. Just, like, Just crazy, like crazy, crazy crazy. crazy, crazy. crazy. So, really, so really, really really, really, cool. really, really
1: cool. That that is really neat. Um, that's a that's a mind blowing experience. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I mean so I haven't like I
1: never went back and had a bunch of stuff on it afterwards like I like this is years mean,
0: ago. Yeah. Um we were probably around uh, we were the time we were around around the time retired. My dad retired. So so it was uh it was, uh, it was really really cool. So that was very so that's cool exciting, so exciting, so exciting, exciting for it's cool just, just to see your get see dad get that excited about seeing his, his, his family you know. somewhere You
1: know. Oh, definitely. That's did you guys all have to dress real like nice and stuff, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just a just cool a just experience, cool, cool experience to be, cool to be a part of, of, of um, um,
0: and, and you know, fun because you know, you're, you're on vacation too. Too. So you're so Definitely. Um, so yeah, that so, would be, yeah, like that be like if like I if I had, had that amount of money, amount it probably three hundred to two hundred, three hundred dollars. <laughs> but yeah, that would be like my all time go to.
1: That's cool. You have to take
0: Stevie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's still hopefully kicking. It's still I was one of those places. Is like, place like, like you hope that place last generation. You hope that something that, that, that last, last, last that long,
1: right? So, Especially but, like as the people, you know, retire and it, hopefully they can backfill those those employees. Because who knows who would work on a farm for two years like that or. I just think, yeah, the management, the ownership, ownership, like, think about
0: the full top to bottom investment of effort and energy it takes to run. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, can't. can't. Just be like, ah, I like, ah, you know it's, easy yeah. to just it's easier to just tomatoes order tomatoes from, from the tomato, tomato guy, right? Like, like, of course it is. Of course it is. But that's not the point, but right? The point. Like, yeah, like, so, like, just, like, just keeping, like, up keeping up that level up of, that of that is so hard, so especially, harder, especially across, especially across generations. generations. For sure, it's like
1: keeping everyone bought in and like making yep. sure that buy-in is there amongst everyone. Because as soon as one person lets go, it's easy for the whole thing to crumble. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. that's it, baby. That's it, baby. We did yes. it. We did it. See, it's not bad. It's, it's not it. bad. It's fun, it's, fun, right? it's fun, right?
1: It's a good time. I'm glad. Uh, thank you for inviting me to join you on the pod. This is awesome. I had a fun time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, thanks, yeah, for yeah that, thanks for I appreciate doing your time, I appreciate your time I appreciate especially your time. on a Friday, especially night. On
1: Friday night. Of course. This is this is what it's about. Thank you for reaching out. I had a blast. For sure. Thank All you for right, your time.
0: Right, I'm going <laughs> to stop I'm gonna the stop pod, the but pod we'll pod still be on We'll still be on